0: Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and it is my honor tonight to welcome the man behind the devil makeup in haunt, Damien Maffei. Damien, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm doing good. I swear, I still cannot. When we met uh, two weekends ago and uh, we were talking at your table at Fear Fest, I picked up your picture as the devil. And I'm like, this cannot be you. I'm like, they did such a scary ass job. And a couple of days ago, I had Hannah Fearman on my show, who, by the way, corrected me on the pronunciation of your last name. So, it, it's Maffei. I'm like, okay, cool. Because I was like saying uh Damien Maffei. She's like, no, it's Maffei. I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. Uh, but
1: they're fighting for me.
0: <laughs> Hannah was like, he has such a pretty face. I can't believe they destroyed it with that makeup. But I got to tell you, uh, that makeup was scary as crap. How long did it take you in that makeup chair putting the makeup on for Haunt?
1: Uh, it, was, uh, it was about three hours to put that on every day.
0: And how many how many days did you have to put that makeup on to shoot? Uh, not too many, not too many. Um, uh, four or five.
1: Maybe. Um, anytime I had the mask, the devil mask on, um, I didn't have the makeup on. Okay. Well, that and, makes and sense. So the reveal, and then, you know, got hung up on all my, you know, uh, piercings and whatnot. Um, yeah, but it's about three hours, but it was a breeze because um, Chris and Hugo, the, the makeup guys, they're just wonderful. Just really fantastic and they made it very easy and let me take a break if I needed it to and they were very entertaining. So uh, it was enjoyable. So tell us. I, I, That's cool. I mean, I've been you know huge horror fan all my life. So uh, to watch it being put on me you you know even after the first time it was still very cool to be a part of
0: that's a great movie and i explained to you the backstory on how i came across it we'll talk about that in a bit i just want to ask you when you saw the final product of the movie after edited ready to go for the audience what were your feelings on the the overall movie itself
1: uh you know that was an interesting experience because I mean, I was very isolated from everyone else. The, the only really, I mean, the only person I did anything with was uh, Katie Stevens, Harper Mm -hmm. uh, outside of um, the other guy, Andrew at the start. So it was really just me and Katie the whole time. So I really had no idea what was going on or how things were going away from me so it was really when i i did see it it was kind of kind of going in fresh i mean i had read the script but um it was all very you know it was not like like the strangers i was there every every day set this i was just there for my stuff so it was um i i mean i knew scott and brian wonderfully talented um and, and everyone that I'd come into contact with was, I mean, it was a very talented, good group, but I, I mean, I, I, it, it was far exceeded what I was expecting.
0: Um, Absolutely. It was a great so it, movie. You know,
1: it's like a slasher movie, and I mean, I know slasher movies, and when you got a bunch of young folks, you know, heading into trouble... You know, you're going to have some shoddy dialogue, some annoying characters, people are going to grade on you, happens every time. I did not experience that with Haunt, um, which is, you know, really a credit to the actors and the directors. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I really, I really have a genuine affection for Haunt as a, as a viewer, you know, and being a part of it, but, you know, as a horror film.
0: Absolutely. And I told you the story and how I came across the movie. I was just sitting down, wanted to watch a good old paranormal movie, came across this movie called Haunt. I'm like, all right, you know, haunted house, attraction turns out to be haunted. I've seen this trope a million times, but let's give it a try again. And it totally was not what I expected. I loved the end product. Uh, when you first read the script, being a horror fan as you described, did you immediately love the story? It was,
1: uh, you know, it's kind of the I had a similar
0: experience to
1: you know what I hear from those watching it, is that it, you know, I I I, I like the the depth of Harper. But i was you know i, I was interested because when I read the script i knew that they they wanted me to play one of the villains
0: mm-hmm.
1: um wasn't really set on who at that point but I, I was like you know where are these these people going are they you know just gonna be you know silent killers whatever so um it was very cool that that was a script you know every now and then you get one where you just kind of get lost in reading it kind of forget that you're reading it you know, as a project to be considered for, but, you know, I just enjoyed reading it. Um, and it kind of went in unexpected places for me. So that, that was one where I was finished. And I was like, Oh wow. Well, you know that, that, uh, I mean, it's definitely a slasher film, but you know, it's got some, uh, got some
0: heart there and some, some, you know, twists and turns. That's the weird part of this movie. Uh, it's very hard to classify. Uh it is a little bit of a slasher. Uh yeah. so it has some psychological thriller slash horror in there as well. Uh cult. Uh you can definitely bring in the cult aspect. It's mm-hmm. like a mixture of a lot of different genres. And for me, uh as a fan of the movie and while I was watching it, I I honestly don't know. What main subgenre to place it under? What would you place it under? And when it comes to the horror subgenres, primarily, I mean, I, I would classify
1: it in, uh, in
0: slasher. Um, there's
1: nothing wrong with that, you no. know. Uh, you know, I think it just—I um, mean, there is some psychology, some, some psychological. Uh, you know, menace in there, but you know, I think slasher film, I'd be interested to, to, um, I don't think that conversation came up with Scott and Brian. I'd be interested to see what they say. They'd probably call it a slasher film.
0: Okay. All right. Now the group, you are the leader of this group. Okay. Uh, We had this discussion as well. Are they a cult? Are they not a cult? We know by one scene in the movie Uh, One of your members is trying to, I guess uh, the way your group operates is the more sinister deeds they do, they get extra deformities added to their face. You earn Um, your, earn your stripes. Exactly. Exactly. And there was this one person who was unmasked from your group. And he said that he's just trying to earn his stripes, basically, like you said. I would say clown
1: is probably the one in charge. Uh, at least that's how I read it. I don't know if that came up. Well, you know what? Um, there was a scene as far as I can, I can recall, there were not many scenes that didn't make it in. Um, but there's one scene that I, I really kind of, uh, was sad to see go and it takes place in kind of like the back area. Um, where all the baddies are and clown is, is, you know, um, is, is commanding everyone to go, you know, do things and clean up and, and, you know, tie up the loose ends and they're destroying evidence and whatnot. And, um, you know, they, they, him and the ghost quickly discussed that, you know, um, there's still two stragglers running around. Yeah. And they're wondering where I am, like what I'm, I'm doing. And, you know, it's like, You know him, he just does his own thing. So it's like Clown. So from that scene, and I really liked it because I was like, yeah, you know, this is why I like the devil so much, is because he's kind of like this just rogue shark. So, I mean, you know, like Clown to me was was the one in charge, but the devil was like the the alpha of the group. You know, they're they're all a little more afraid of than, than the rest. Yes. And we could tell, and, obviously, Oh, sorry. Go on. Uh, and like, and when I read the script, cause I think when, when I first started talking to them about it, they, they were interested in me doing the, the, uh, ghost. Okay. Uh, myth. And when I read the script, I, I really liked the devil. And, um, I mean, there's a little less dialogue, but there's just something about it, about him and his death in it. Uh, he's the first one to die, but it kind of like changes everything changes, changes, you know, where everything, you know, it's like right after that, you know, like Harper has, has beat the, the big bad and then, you know, the rest of it's just like smooth sailing. So it's kind of, you know, the tables turn when the devil is uh, taken out.
0: Yeah. Let's go to the ending without giving it away. Uh, The way the ending was played out in the movie, uh, it left no real chance. I mean, they could always do it for this possibly turning into a sequel uh, because apparently all the members of the group are dead. They're gone. Uh, and we see you know her extracting her revenge and was fully ready for that last surviving you know baddie to come after her and she took him out do you like the way the ending was done or would you have liked to uh, left it leave it open ended for at least one member to have survived and possibly build a new group again to continue on what was started bef- you know with the other group
1: well, oh, if it's not my character, I mean I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> the hell do I care what they do? Um no, I do like the ending. I, I, I did like I did like that. Um You know, I know that Scott and Brian, the, the writers and directors of it, are not big fans of them being a part of sequels. I okay. think they, they, they enjoy sequels, but they themselves have never shown any interest in it. Like, you know, they, uh, I remember there was a, a thing that came out that you know they were meeting with, uh, you know, like Lucasfilm or whoever runs things over there, you know, about maybe doing a Star Wars entry or uh, you know Indiana Jones entry, and you know they they weren't weren't interested. They kind of want to you know do their own thing. So like start something and you know let someone else run with it. So I you know I don't think they're against uh um you know that another haunt entry cuz you know they wrote a quiet place and then um yeah I think they you know they ducked out. They they they're on to something else. Yeah. So you totally
0: got I to mean, respect that. Yeah.
1: It's horror movies. So if someone wants to make a sequel of something there's a way to do it. When has it ever stopped? Exactly. Especially, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Especially, you know, you just piece together. You know, you can just scoop up the devil's head and just put it back together and, and uh, trot them back
0: out there. Well, not but, only that, they can go the prequel route as well and bring you back for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You, know? I mean, I, you
1: know,
0: I had a lot of fun doing that.
1: Like, probably a little too much fun. <laughs> I felt bad for having so much fun. Like well, you
0: know, we uh, we were shooting that on Halloween. It's just
1: it was great, and it was a good
0: group. I assume uh, I, I assume you did this pre COVID.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, that was um I think it was uh it was like two thousand seventeen, I think. Okay. It was uh I think I shot that the same year I did uh the strangers movie.
0: All right, well speaking of the strangers, let's move on to that for a little bit. Now, can you tell us how working with John Wagner led you to becoming that masked man in The Strangers? John Wagner.
1: Um Yeah, yeah. Uh I met John Wagner on a movie called Closed for the Season, which was 2008. Uh-huh. Maybe. Uh and that was uh that was in Ohio, that movie. Um that was in an abandoned amusement park in Ohio. It was a Chippewa Lake Park. It had been abandoned for 30 years. It's an incredible location. Um, and that was John's first producing job. He was a line producer on that. Uh, He's, you know, right out of college there. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, we were out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, um, in this park. Um, you know, we just kind of like got along. You know, sometimes you meet someone and you just instantly get along with them. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, we were singing, um, you know, like kiss songs out in the middle, of, you know. The, well, you know, that was like this This park, you know, it was like there, everything was overrun with, 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 you know, leaves and trees and stuff. And there was a tree growing up through the Ferris wheel. It's incredible. So it was just very surreal. John, someone who I got along with immediately. And we kind of kept trying to do things, you know, projects after that, you know, they, they fail as they tend to do. And then, um, he directed a short film called wildfires. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he cast me as the lead in that. We filmed that in California. And then, uh, a couple more failed attempts. And then, uh, he uh, produced um, the movie Cheap Thrills okay. with uh, you know Pat Healy and uh, Ethan Embry. Really fun, fun little flick. Then he went and did Starry Eyes with our friend Dennis and Kevin. Uh, their their feature debut, which is uh, great. So he started to make a little name for himself there in, in indie horror. And then I, you know I remember when he called me. Uh, I was uh, I was out in an outlet mall. And he told me he was producing Bone Tomahawk. And uh, I was like, whoa, are you kidding me? Like, I've been waiting for Bone Tomahawk for years. Like Kurt Russell, Richard Jenkins, like cannibals. Are you you kidding me? Yeah. God, you lucky bastard. That was like a huge thing. We had, you know, not been involved in, you know, probably like $150,000 was probably the the, uh, highest budget we had been on. But that was a big deal for him. And uh yeah, I was you know, very happy for him. And then you know, one day he called me up and he said I'm doing the strangers sequel. And I was like, Oh wow, you yeah, know, it's been ten years since that. Um cool, like what do you want? And he said, you know, how do you feel about playing the uh the bad guy in it? And I was like, got yeah, the fucking bag on his head? Um you know, what do you want me to do that? But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, very high on myself as an actor. You think I want to run around the woods with a bag on my head? Like that's not. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be miserable. Like this is an acting. I'm an actor, theater. Um, but you know, he what he, he you know, it was like I love horror movies, and that was something where I would go above and beyond for. It. He knew that. So he really pushed for it. He pushed me for it. He sent me the script. And I I thought the script was a lot of fun. And there was one scene in there. The man in the mask and the father in the, in the van. And I read that scene. I was like, I, I have to do this. Like, I want to do this scene. So uh, I was like, please. And I met with Johannes, the director. And he's, uh, he's lovely. Uh, a lot of fun. And
0: uh, I mean... We just went there and did it had you seen the original uh movie before agreeing to do the sequel oh i saw it in theaters okay yeah okay. the original now was well,
1: there... visit it i did revisit it i do like the original a lot it's very effective
0: a great horror movie uh and the sequel as well were there any traits that you took from kip weeks the portrayal in the guy in the original uh, into your character in the sequel, um, you know, like
1: the original, kind of what works so well for the original is that, like, you don't really see the baddies it's mm-hmm. kind of in the background, like a flash and stuff. And when you do see the man in the mask, you know he's walking or sitting, literally sitting in like one of two scenes. Just sitting there. Uh, so there really there wasn't much to go with. Um, I can walk. I, I've been walking all my life. So uh, and sitting too. Um, I've done both extensively. <laughs> so there wasn't. You know, it wasn't much to go to. you know, that's not. You know, they they all did a wonderful job in that. But so you know, like that. That's really all there was to it, and. and you know the,
0: the you know it's not it's not Hamlet so, I got uh, you I got you now it's there... like
1: what I liked kind of because you know originally like I said you know like, this isn't acting but you know what I discovered there is is the the real challenge to doing something like that is trying to to find those little moments to kind of make your own and tr- try to Bring behavior to it, and then like in in the at in Night*, like there's the most adorable little kind of little teenty little arc for the man in the mask, you know, at the pool where he finds finds, you know, he sees pinup dead, and he kind of loses his shit there. So it's like it's just like little stuff like that.
0: Not uh, there. There are a lot of people out there who think that if you play a character wearing a mask in 95% of a movie. Uh, There's real no acting involved. I don't agree with that. Uh, There is definitely acting involved. Uh, Not every bit of acting is involved in words coming in out of your mouth. There's movements, uh, wearing a mask and so on. Before starting to do like Haunt and The Strangers, has your opinion on being a masked villain actor changed?
1: This is how I, I see it, is that, I mean, it, it varies from movie to movie. Like, say, you know, you take someone like, like the Michael Myers mm-hmm. Um Anyone can jump in there and do that. Uh, and it'll be fine because, you know, he just walks. He doesn't do anything. But you can also get someone who does want to make something of it. And I mean, it's the same with any kind of, most, most things, you know, like, that's why there are, 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 uh, there are serviceable actors, there are good actors, and there are brilliant actors. If you put all of them in one role, any role, if you put all, if you put a a decent actor and a good actor and a brilliant actor in Hamlet, you're going to get three different performances. And and when you go see that, if you just go see that serviceable performance, you know, you're not going to be like, oh, my, where's all the the good acting? Like, it's going to be, it's going to be fine. You're not going to know. You're not going to know that you missed out on some brilliant fucking performance until you see the brilliant actor. Yeah. That's kind of what is great about theater when you go see so many productions, one, one piece. Is that you know you see a lot of a lot of you know a lot of bums and then you see some some brilliant stuff. Um, so I mean that's the kind of the same thing with the masked thing is that you know you because you, you know when that started you know it was just it was like who can we fit in this suit to walk around and menace you know and it was always some stunt guy getting a little extra pay and it was not glorious work. They didn't know that conventions would come up and these people would be, you know, championed and, you know, so it was not, you know, it was just like, this isn't, you know, the sexiest thing I'm doing is walking around being a killer. Um, That didn't come until, you know, the late nineties, you know, when Fangoria started, started conventions, but uh, I, I mean, it has changed somewhat because you know now i i can see that it was there was a challenge to it and that challenge was trying to to fit in some behavior and make it a little different and make it make it my own
0: okay um, that makes so. sense that totally makes sense uh going back to your childhood uh do, were you a horror fan as far back as when you were old enough to start watching movies, TV shows, and whatnot? Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. What were some I don't of the
0: What were some time
1: me? when I, I I wasn't trying to see all the horror movies?
0: You were there was a time when you were not trying to see them. I I don't remember a time. Okay. I was now growing up, seeing horror movies. Yeah. Now, growing up, what were some of uh, like the horror movies that you saw that left a, a lasting impact on you?
1: I definitely, say Alien is the first movie that um, that left an impact on me for for, for a variety of reasons. Um, I mean, you know, the the dinner thing, the chest bursting thing. You know, I I mean, I was probably like eight maybe I don't know um, <clears throat> I was behind the couch I wasn't supposed to be watching but you know that and um, like I was literally hiding behind the couch pe- peering over and uh, so that chest burst scene at, at dinner I was, you know I mean that was that was serious stuff I mean that was amazing and it was so effective and I mean, the good thing about that movie, seeing that is like the acting is really good. Everyone, oh, in the yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you travel down the VHS shelves of horror in the '80s, you're gonna find more often than not some really bad acting. So <laughs> Aliens is a good place to start, and that was also really notable for me because I really enjoyed Tom Skerritt's character in that. I really enjoyed Captain Dallas in it. In my head, to, at that at that time. I mean, he was the hero. You know, mm-hmm. I expected to be there, and uh, so that scene of him and the ducks, you know, muttering to himself, he realizes what a mistake he's made and trying to get the hell out of there. Or not, that was really it was powerful.
0: It is. I mean, I mean, Alien. I mean. So many great scenes in that movie. But you're right, the chest-bursting scene when they're around the dinner table, that's an iconic scene and will remain an iconic scene in horror history. For me, growing up, my first recollection of a horror movie uh, was Halloween. And the the opening sequences, when you see the camera's perspective going around the house, a hand opening the drawer, picking up a knife putting on the mask, I think uh, that was maybe 1979 or 1980. I was either five or six, and I remember being terrified. And it's just those kind of memories, I think, is what lead us to becoming these lifelong horror fans. Now, at which point in your life did you say, hey, you know what, I want to give this acting thing a, a shot.
1: You know, I, I don't really know. I, I mean, I, I always watch movies and kind of, like, put myself into them. So, I mean, I watch movies over and over. I mean, I watch Aliens. Alien, Aliens, The Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, um, Dawn of the Dead. I watched all of these things. Uh, and Jaws. uh Dozens and dozens of times, and like I like I would just envision myself in there as as a character, Um, and I don't know that meant anything then. I mean, it really wasn't until high school where I took an acting class because I thought it would just be you know pretty easy. I mean, I I was interested in the movies and theater, so I thought you know I can do this. I'll just um, spectate. But as part of that, part of being in that class, you had to audition for the school musical. Oh. So I auditioned for the musical. I auditioned for uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and uh, I was cast as the the voice of Audrey too, the the, the plant. And um, I mean, I did it. I did it. You know, it was a big hit. Uh, and I met one of my greatest friends there. You know, I'm still very good friends with uh, today, who who works on. Uh, most of these movies I'm doing and uh, yeah I mean I loved it I loved theater I loved doing the theater even though Little Shop of Horrors I wasn't technically on stage because I was doing the voice from the pit but then I went and did Fiddler on the Roof and a bunch of other things and then uh, I knew then that I was good at it or I had a, a raw talent for it Um. so yeah from there it was just it was the rest is history all- yeah Big star. I'm just gonna leave this high school and become a huge, huge star. Obviously, so uh, didn't that, that that didn't happen? But that's what I thought. Oh, you're getting there. You're getting there. Uh, I, I never really wanted to be a star. I just wanted to to act. Just wanted to do.
0: For you, I will. I feel. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The integrity of the project, independent film, whatnot, is what you bring to a character to bringing them to life on the screen. Uh, for me, it sounds like that's, what's most important to you. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: I, I I'm, I'm trying. To, it's, you know, navigating this whole, whole business here is, um, is, is kind of tough though. So, like in the last three years since 2018, you know, 2017 ended and like 2018 kind of became a whole new, you know, life yeah. for me, a whole new chapter. Uh, so then opportunities were popping up and, and, and such. So I, 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 mean, a lot of offers and, you know, the horror genre, there's a lot of people making movies, there's a lot of things going on, the indie, a lot of indie films going on. Um, So you know you 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 want to be a little picky, a little careful about what what you um, what you do. I'm just kind of want. I'm trying to do things that I myself would would want to watch. Characters that interest me, you know. Exactly. And it could be you know it could be the, the the silent killer or some kind of menace or something. I mean I you know I'm not not a snob. About that, if 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 the film has you know some merit, if, it, if it's cool, if it's exciting to me, you know, absolutely.
0: Are you afraid uh, with haunt gaining popularity, the strangers being popular, uh, you sort of being the guy with all the makeup or wearing a mask uh, as an actor? Do you feel you might be getting boxed into this stereotype you do not want to be boxed into for the rest? of your career? Well,
1: when I agreed to do the strangers, I mean, I, you know, I know, uh, you know, being a lifelong horror fan and kind of being at uh, paying attention to these things. I knew that doing, you know, the strangers, because I knew, you know, the budget and I knew it was going to be theatrical. So I knew that it would put me in, in, in some kind of tier there that like, you know, of, of, you know, being noticed a, a, a little bit by the hard fans, because, you know, they're awesome. So they really kind of champion the, the villains a little mm-hmm. more than the, uh, the, the protagonist. Uh, when I what did, I, when I agreed to do haunt, it, you know, it was, it was very, you know, I, I was like, all right, I'm heading down a path here where I'm going to want to mix it up. Um, otherwise I'm just going to be, you know, mm-hmm. the, Obscure-faced villain, and that that did come a lot. There was a lot of a lot of people messaging me, be like, "Hey, will you be the the mass slasher in my movie?" And you know, there was like eighty of those. Wow, um, it was a lot. A couple of student films too. Eh? You know, it's like I mean, I'm I'm flattered. I'm honored. Um, you know, I uh, I got a I got a I got to break it up a little bit here. I did this movie called The Nun's Curse, you know, and it was like, it had come to me with, with a whole bunch of others. I was like, ah, I I can't play the killer in your movie, though. We don't, we just want you to play an asshole. Oh, really? Okay. So, uh, well, I could do that. Um, And then wrong turn, I started talking to Mike Nelson. And uh, you know, I knew he was doing the wrong turn and he was a big fan of what I did in uh Strangers Prey, at least he says so. Um that Mike is way too nice. Uh so I mean I know the wrong turn movies, or some of them. Um now I know all of them. Uh so I figured, you know, it was another wrong turn movie. It was the guy that wrote the original, Alan McElroy was writing, writing this one. So I was like, you know, it's going to be the, you know, the deformed thing. And you know, I, I'll want to do it because it's a big movie and what I buy. I mean, I read the script and it's, it's, it's completely not that. So I was very excited to be a part of a movie of that level. And I loved Mike. loved talking to him. And I loved the domestics. And, uh, you know, Matthew Modine, Bill Sage, and all them. So, like, that was a... And I did have the mask on in that. But, uh, you know, I took it off. And uh, I, mean, I think I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be able to mix it up here. Uh, yeah. Now, and I'm, I'm happy to do it again. You know, I, I, you know there's always rumblings to the, another Strangers movie. And I really like that group. If It's a, you know, cool flick it's something i like you know and definitely do
0: it yeah now the wrong turn movies have a big big following it's a big you want to call it a cult following that's fine uh they're very popular movies the the one that you did uh which came out just recently later earlier this year it's more of not a sequel but a reboot of the franchise uh Mm -hmm were you told that uh, before you got the script uh, that this is not going to be another sequel to the wrong turn previous movies? And we're trying to sort of revive the franchise in a way.
1: Uh, I think that uh, uh, let's see. I mean, that was not John. uh, John Wagner was on that one. Um. I think he said it's not what you think. It's not what you think, you know. And then they got me the script, and uh, I mean, I pretty much went in fresh or blind. So I mean, I had no idea it was going to be that that difference. Yeah. Uh, So that was, um, but I mean, I you know, I so I was pleasantly surprised by it. I also knew that it was going to, you know, infuriate people.
0: Um, Yeah. I know what you mean. The, the, uh, the hardcore followers of the franchise,
1: which look, I mean, I, so there was uh, six wrong turn movies uh, when we started doing that. And uh, I really liked the first one. I liked the second one. It's fun. Joe Lynch. Um, the rest of them, not sure, could never really figure out how they were getting made, like, what was justifying them spending money on them. And it wasn't a lot of money, but it was some money. And there's two of them which are very kind of uh, porny. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was announced for a wrong turn that, like, my definitely, like, my Instagram inbox just started exploding with with people from, you know, in Brazil, all over Latin America, huge Wrong Turn fans. Each one of them, the biggest Wrong Turn fan. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. so this is like Road to Terror. Uh, i'm So excited for Road to Terror Seven. How many fingers will you have? How deformed will you be? And I'm like, oh, you just have to wait and see. You're gonna fucking hate it. Um, but like, I'd never heard anyone talk. Really,
0: really, because looking through your resume and you have a long resume, uh, I would say looking at all the movies you've done, the one that has like the most, I don't know, the the biggest following, I would say would be Wrong Turn. I'm not saying that the this. I'm not talking about the movie quality itself. I'm talking about you know movie following, franchise followers. And like you found out with your Instagram, there are a lot of wrong-turn followers out there. To give you an example, my brother uh, is a huge wrong-turn fan. I'm more like you. The first one was good. The second one was kind of cool. But I'm not as into them as he is. Uh, He's into all of them? Is he what? He's into all of them? he likes the franchise he thinks they're fun i i'm like okay uh i know he's not alone because i mean the question of uh you know the best answer to the question is uh why is a movie continuing on with all these sequels is because there are people asking for it and there is money to be made in them whether the script is good whether the script is bad as long as it has the name Wrong Turn attached, and they give the followers what they want, they know they're at least going to get their money back and hopefully some kind of profit.
1: I mean, I knew there were some fans, but I mean, it's never being talked about. You know, like, I'm in some of the Facebook uh, horror groups and whatnot. I mean, it's it's rare someone brings it up. The, the, the movies. Um, you know, it's not... Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, you know, there's the usual Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And then the next tier down is...
0: Leatherface? Uh,
1: uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, and then, uh, you know, you probably drop down a few more, and then you get, like, the Saw movies, Yeah, which, you know... Um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, then you like, you go down further and there's people talking about the like, Jeepers Creepers and the collector and, you know, maybe strangers, what a oh, child's play, like never, never wrong turn. They'll talk about joy movies before. I, and I, I like, I'm not, that's why I wasn't, I, you know, I was like, you guys got some balls making this movie because it's nothing like the other ones. But I was like, I mean, like. I had never really heard too many people talk about it. certainly oh. not past the first one. So it was adorable to see so many people like furious about the new wrong term. It was just like you know, like the, the people of the internet, you know, like horror fans. Nobody hates horror movies more than horror fans. So it's just like it was just like giving birth to forty five year old Wrong Turn
0: fans, like right then
1: they were just like, I'm becoming enraged by this movie where are the deformed cannibals
0: yeah, I totally get it, now going through your past projects, uh, which one did you like shooting the best I mean, which one did you enjoy doing the best (sighs) Uh, um,
1: that's going to be a tough Choice between Strangers and haunt. Um Stranger. It, it, it's probably going to be Strangers, just because that was. I mean that that changed everything mm-hmm. for me. And on a movie that size, I'd never, you know that that was. It was like it was like a you know you know I, I don't know it's was, it was, it was crazy yeah. like, you know be blown there. And, you know they're they're trying things on you know, you tailor-made suits and you're going in these trailers and here's people you've seen in you know the shows and movies and here's this fucking guy from the ring and uh and um yeah you know, it was just cool and um you know I, re- I remember getting to the trailer park and i was like oh man this is not this uh, is like this is incredible We, you know like we can just run around and film here and they were like they built this wow it's built for the movie i was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. they brought all these trailers and all this stuff and someone designed these things and, and dressed it and like being on that movie and i was on there i was on there every day so being on that movie you know when i wasn't filming i would walk around like this trailer park this little town and, and like you know it was just these kind of like frozen moments of horror yeah like there'd be a truck wedged into a trailer like a chair with you know a lot of these things were deleted but like blood splatters and like a you know a a, a, a the truck rammed into a, a police car there it was, it was just all these things were like left all over this horrible, like frozen town. It's was um, it's incredible. It was incredible. Food. Such a good group of people and Johannes was such a such a fun, energetic person to work with. Who knows like every, you know, he's just he's he's uh he's such a big horror fan. Yeah. So just run out and play. Just you know, run out and play. Huh? I think we're at an eighties love. Ballad here, uh, just and it was just a good group, and you know it was. Um, I was really grateful.
0: Would you say be- by far, The Strangers is the biggest budget movie that you have worked on?
1: No, I think Wrong Turn.
0: <clears throat> really,
1: probably cost more. <clears throat> and all three of those movies were were, uh, you know, like I'm talking about The Strangers, but like Haunt, you know, that was like. They built that whole haunt. Um, we're shooting in there on Halloween. The people were were great. You know, it's just like I, like I'm getting paid to do this. This is and, <laughs> this, this is incredible. too much fun. I think uh, I don't know how much wrong turn cost me, but it wasn't cheap. And no, that I mean that was a fantastic group. I I I run into fire for Mike Nelson. Um, hopefully you won't ask me to do that. Joe <laughs> um, <Your laughs> Um that was a tough location. that was, you know, location wise, that was a tough shoot because that was you know, that was in the Hawking Hills, or it was like on these cliffs, and then the foundation scenes were were um you know the underground. It was like in this old subway. We were literally underneath Cincinnati filming wow. them. And um, <clears throat> you know, that was that was some money there. That that uh, I
0: don't know what the budget of that. Was. Now, Haunt. Uh, it's exclusively available on Shutter, correct? You can rent it on it's Yeah, elsewhere. yeah. You can rent it and buy it on all the other video on demand. In my opinion, uh, Haunt is going to be a movie because not a lot of marketing dollars have gone into Haunt uh, so far. So, and that's not just for Haunt. It's true for a lot of movies coming out uh, since COVID started. A lot of studios, distributors are trying to figure out what's the best way to market these movies Uh, because, you know, before you would go to the movie theater, you would have to sit through 15, 20 minutes worth of trailers, which I loved watching, by the way. You would have tv commercials about upcoming movies and whatnot and covid changed so much and i think the marketing for movies have also changed and especially now that the timeline for moving a lot of this stuff into the digital streaming at home place which studios and distributors are still trying to figure out what's the best way to do that uh going back to my point I think as time passes, haunt is going to continually uh, to become bigger and bigger and bigger, and gain a like, larger following. Um, some people, well, first off, let's start with the title. Uh, do you think a movie like haunt, uh, the title, does it justice? I think it's a, I mean, I.
1: I, I do, you know, in my head, I can't imagine, you know, what else that movie would be called. Um, That's a good point. Again, it, it, I mean, I I love the title for it, but there are some less than stellar, you know, entries in in the um, in the subgenre that would would make someone perhaps overlook it, I, I, I think.
0: Okay, so you're saying, let's say somebody who is not a fan of paranormal movies, and they're going across their Shutter lineup or whatever, Video On Demand, and they run across this movie called Haunt. Not only the title, but even reading the synopsis that they have, it really leads you to believe that this movie has some kind of supernatural element to it. When it doesn't, there is no supernatural element. This is all about the evil that exists uh, right. in humans and what their idea of terrorizing and ultimately killing people is all about. Nothing supernatural about it. So I I, I think I, I know what you mean by the title and how just the title itself might make people... Go to the next movie on the list. If I that, think
1: it's like fifty-eight movies titled "Haunt." Too. I mean, definitely yeah. not the. Uh, might be the best one. I don't
0: know. <laughs> it is. I, like I told you, I thought I went into that movie thinking it was paranormal, and it wasn't. And I remember you asking me at the convention, "Was I disappointed?" And I answered, "No, absolutely That's not."
1: An excellent sign. I, 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 I can't imagine. I mean, it's rare to go into something expect with expectations and it's something completely different and you still enjoyed it. I think that yeah.
0: really it's, uh, it speaks a lot. Very- yeah. It speaks a lot. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors convention. Did you have the pleasure of attending a few of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. First Wish-
1: one as I... Uh, Nineteen ninety-six was the first one I went to. I, it was probably the first one they had. Um, it was early on, and that was crazy. I, I think my my brain has sort of maybe distorted it a little bit. Um,
0: so I, I forgot what hotel uh, that was. Like right. In, well, know. what city did you go to? To which that one? That was New York. Okay, so you and I went to the same one. We were probably at the same event. Sure. Uh, yeah, because I went to Weekend of Horrors every year. The name of the hotel was the Pennsylvania Hotel. Yes. Right across yes. the street from Madison Square Garden. Oh
1: yeah. oh yeah. yeah.
0: Now it's now the hotel is called something different right now, but it was the Pennsylvania Hotel. And yeah. right across the street from Madison Square Garden. The ad in
1: Vanguard yep. is the really the only way you could find out about these things.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh The uh, promoter, and the also who was the editor-in-chief of Fangoria Magazine, Anthony Tempone, has become a good friend of mine, and he's been a guest of ours uh, a couple of times already on this show. We talk very often on Facebook. He's a great man. He was the editor-in-chief of Fangoria, and I told him when he was on my show, I'm like, do you guys realize that... You know, Comic-Con did exist when Fangoria was putting on Weekend of Horrors, but Comic-Con back then was exclusively just about comics. It's not the Comic-Con that we have today. So Fangoria and its Weekend of Horrors were the pioneers to a lot of the modern-day conventions that we have today. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. It was just like floors and the vendors.
1: It was like you could never have enough money. And there were people from movies there. Remember, I got Kane Hodder to, to autograph a, a Jason Cake Manhattan poster. I was like, this is incredible. I don't even like this fucking movie. Uh, yeah. This is great. And Doug Bradley there, and he spelled my name wrong. And uh,
0: Well, I'll tell you a story about ben- Doug Bradley. We were having breakfast. Uh, we went to the Weekend of Horrors in Boston because we we loved it. We would travel. I'm from New York City, but we would travel sometimes uh, to other cities to go to Weekend of Horrors. And Doug Bradley was a guest. One morning, we woke up at the hotel, went down to have breakfast. And there he was on the next table eating breakfast by himself. It's Pinhead. Like it. Pinhead. It it's amazing. In those days, man, there were so many great memories and the uh the guests, like you said, Kane Hodder, uh Tom Savini. You know what's seared in my memory is uh listening to Tom Savini talking in New York in, in the uh convention hall. And I'll never forget this question. uh uh, uh somebody got up and asked him what's the recipe for blood. I'm like, Are you serious? I mean <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding was, me? What was his an answer? I don't remember what he, what his answer was. but Every Grand Illusion. <laughs> grand
1: Illusion.
0: Those were some yeah, great days. Day. Like, grand Illusions. I used to,
1: my my brother owned that book. My brother had a, kind of into effect. So he had that Grand Illusion. That was another thing, which like, I, I can't, I don't even remember how old I was. I was really like seven or something. Reading Grand Illusions. Savini's Grand Illusion. Yeah. I couldn't stop looking at it. No. Yeah. Fluffy in there and him as Ben Franklin and oh man, it's like that is a, a stark memory of my childhood just going through that book over and over and over again.
0: Tom Savini when I had Tom Savini as a guest last October on my show, I was just like just floored. I'm like, here's a man who I met back in the 90s in person as a guest going to these conventions but i'm a huge tom savini fan you know yeah. he was a a great makeup artist he has the cameo in dawn of the dead uh he was the director of the remake of night of the living dead i had both him and nicotero on the same show and it's funny because i spoke to tony Timpone, who was the editor uh hmm. i i called him in october and i go to tony listen If you can get me Tom Savini, I will get Greg Nicotero. And I want all three of you to go on the show together. And it was just like, just all the pieces fell into place. And that following Monday, I had Tom Savini, Greg Nicotero, and Anthony Timpone. And here here I was, I was like, holy shit. Here are like the people whose work I watched while I was growing up. And I'll tell you what, out of all three of them, guys, Tom Savini's obviously the oldest, but the dude can kick both of our asses. He's in such an amazing shape. Uh, you, you can never tell he's in his mid-70s. Yeah. So that was cool. Now, uh, in the time that we have left, going forward, uh, do you want to expand out from horror, try different stuff, or are you perfectly content staying within the horror realm? Anytime
1: I, I try to get a project going or I get involved in something, it, it's going to be a genre film. It's, uh, it's horror. Uh, and I, I, I don't really get... Um, I'm obviously incredibly funny, so I could do some comedy. Um, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I really... I mean, I, I love horror. I'd like to do some theater. Uh, go back and do some theater. Um, I really enjoy that, but I mean, I, I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to get away from horror. You mm-hmm. know, you. I just want to be doing good projects with, with some. Uh, you know, they go on to have a life.
0: Exactly, that's what it's all about. A, be passionate about it. Uh, and everything will just fall into place. Hopefully, after you know, you just give it your all. No matter what the project, no matter what the budget. You know, back in the day, back in the day, uh,
1: when you know someone would refer to someone else as a horror actor, uh, you know, it was it was like when you, when a horror fan calls you a horror actor, you know, it's a, it's a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. But when those uh, those bastard outsiders, like, oh, he acts in horror. Yeah, the, it's sort of you know, them it, looking down. Yeah, yeah, he's only good enough for horror.
0: Uh, so. I think that's changing somewhat. No, it has. I, I I think it's changed a lot. The top three movies in the last 30 days uh, in the box office that have been making the most money, they're all horror movies. Well, they, they always make money. That's the thing, too, is that you can look down on it all you want, but
1: they've always been the, the money maker. Exactly. And they've always been the genre. The only genre uh, that you can make a movie for very low budget without any names in it, and you can still find a home.
0: Exactly. So you can't
1: comedy or drama or romance, whatever the hell is. So, uh,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Damien, we are out of time. Uh, I can't believe this hour flew by so quickly. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. It's been wonderful talking to you. Got a lot of great information. Um, it was great meeting you in North Carolina as well. Uh, let's let's stay in touch. Any final thoughts you want to share?
1: Yeah, just thank thank you for having me on and uh, putting up with me and my shaky camera, my shaky cams, like a found footage interview. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, thanks thanks a lot for having me on. Great yeah, questions,
0: absolutely. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. Uh, just a little scheduling note: uh, we were supposed to have Kane Hodder on tomorrow, but that has been uh, changed due to his scheduling issues. We will Who's be scared? back follow me so, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll be back with you on Friday so stay safe and until Friday stay walking good night